0: Engine running, off. we have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on 3 show. This is your host, Clint Lamb. And guys, this isn't any normal Bama on 3 show. It's going to become the norm, but we're doing something a little bit new here. This is going to be the Bama on 3 show daily 10. And what that is, is every single day, except for Saturday mornings, six days a week, Sunday through Friday, I'm going to be hopping on here and spending 10 minutes, at least 10 minutes with you guys, talking about what happened as far as the news cycle related to Alabama from the day before. And so, anything that's been going on, you know, I'm recording this on Tuesday morning. We're going to be talking about everything that happened on Monday. And this is going to allow you on your way to work, if you want to hop on here with me, listen along, get all the latest as as far as what's going on with the Alabama program. You can certainly do that. So we're going to dive right in and talk about what happened yesterday. And, you know, obviously the biggest storyline surrounding Alabama right now coming out of the weekend is going to be that 31-29 victory that the Crimson Tide got over the Florida Gators. Two top ten teams, Alabama went on the road to the Swamp, was able to walk away with a victory, but with the way that they started the game compared to you know how they finished the game, A lot of talking points, and it's got a lot of people buzzing. How good is Alabama? Are they truly the number one team in the country? Are they a playoff caliber team? Was this, you know, a minor setback? What is the defense? What is it going to look like against Ole Miss? What is it going to look like for the rest of the season? Are there concerns? There's so many talking points, but that's not what we're going to focus on here. You know, Jimmy and I, we do a lot of podcasts together. He hops on here with me and does a lot of episodes, and we break that stuff down. We did one, you know, earlier on Monday kind of talking about concerns and our thoughts on the Alabama-Florida game. But what I want to talk about is just some of the news that came out of that game, such as the coaching staff selecting five players of the week following the Florida game. From that game, they were able to go in, select five guys. Two of them were on offense, two of them were on defense, and then one on special teams. And we'll just kind of run through them real quick. Uh, First of all, the two on offense, Jace McClellan and Brian Robinson Jr., which I thought – you know, I thought it was a fantastic decision by the coaching staff. If you look statistically, two very different reasons to name those two guys. You know, Jason McClellan, he did a lot of his work through the air. He only averaged 1.9 yards per carry on the the day, but when you look at his catches, you know, four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. He was extremely effective being a receiving back out of the backfield. He made some big plays. He extended drives. He scored a touchdown. And he did, you know, grind help grind out with Brian Robinson Jr. some of that uh, late, much needed tough yardage to help secure the win, or at least take enough uh, time off the clock in order to help secure the win. For Brian Robinson, he did have a receiving touchdown as well; it was his only catch of the day. But he led the team in carries with 14. He led the team with rushing yards uh, with 75. So he had a good day as, as far as you know his rushing. He did add that receiving touchdown, but he was a a very important part late in the game when they were needing to grind clock. Brian Robinson was a leader. He played physical. So did Jace McClellan. Both of those two guys ran hard. Brian Robinson helped set the tone as far as from a leadership standpoint. He's really starting to step up um, in the locker room and kind of being a presence not only on the field but on the sidelines as well. So those two guys got it on offense. Will Anderson Jr. and Federian Mathis were the two guys on defense, and they certainly earned it as well. You know, Will Anderson Jr. playing through that knee injury, and we don't know how severe it is, but we know he had a knee brace, and we know that he more than likely was not 100%, and yet he set a career high in tackles for loss with three and a half. He had seven total tackles on the day. He also added a quarterback hurry, which I thought was absolutely huge, um, and he was doing that all playing through a minor knee injury, so you gotta be able to take that into account definitely made his presence known. Alabama, as much as they struggled to stop Florida's run game and stop Florida's offense in general, Will Anderson Jr. was able to produce some plays and and, and limit what they were able to do to a point where Alabama was able to secure a victory. It was a close vi- uh, victory. Florida had plenty of success, but then Fedarian Mathis, we've kind of been talking about him more and more. You know, this He's got two and a half sacks in the season. He got a half a sack against Florida. Um, also set a, a personal career high in tackles with seven, had a tackle for loss, had the sack, had another quarterback hurry, becoming a real presence on the interior for Alabama's defense. And and when you look at Drew Sanders and you look at Will Anderson Jr. and what they're able to provide on the exterior, you really need that complementary interior guy. Fadarian Mathis is becoming that, having three straight games with at least half a sack. He's got two and a half sacks on the season, had one against Miami, had one against Mercer, and then, of course, this half a sack against Florida. So that wasn't surprising. And then Jordan Battle was the one on special teams. Didn't make it on defense, and I don't think anybody felt like he necessarily would have deserved to have made it on defense, but he did have a key opening kickoff tackle to Penn Florida on his own 17-yard line. He had some other good special teams plays, earned um, you know, an award from the coaching staff as far as being named a player of the week for that performance. So that was the five players – had no problem with that. The main one that I wanted to see, and we talked about it on the podcast where I had Jimmy on, and we were talking about the Alabama-Florida game, was Fadarian Mathis. Uh, I just felt like with what he was able to achieve, felt like he was great against the run, You know, provided that interior pass rush for the quarterback hurry and the half sack. He certainly deserved to be on there. All these guys did, so congratulations to them. The other big storyline, you know, moving forward, getting past the Alabama-Florida game. And no, we're not going to be talking about the Alabama-Southern Miss game that's coming up this Saturday because we got the kickoff time set for the Alabama-Old Miss game that's happening in two weeks. It's going to be at 2.30 p.m. Central time on CBS, which I find extremely interesting. There was a part of me that thought that maybe this would be a night game. It's not going to be. Uh, We're going to get it at 2.30. That's unfortunate. The Florida game was 2.30 30. Now Ole Miss is 230, more than likely Texas A&M the very next week. You know, that's probably going to be a top 10 matchup. It'll probably be a 230 kickoff as well. So that's, you know, it is what it is. You would like to see as many night games as you possibly could, but we'll kind of just have to see. And it's it's something that Jimmy pointed out on the message boards. You you still got LSU and still got Auburn coming up and, and, Our guess would be that CBS would probably at least want one of those games, maybe both of them. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of works itself out. But that's something that was noteworthy. And then the final thing, uh, Nick Saban's press conference, uh, which I thought was very revealing on a lot of fronts. And we want to dive into that. First of all, he opened the press conference on Monday, talking to the media saying that he felt like Alabama played extremely well for the first 20 to 25 minutes of that game against Florida. And I don't think anybody's going to deny that. Defensively, they were getting stops. Granted, they did allow an, uh, a long opening drive to Emory Jones in Florida. They were able to walk away with a field goal. But from there, Alabama, you know, they had, I think, three straight scoring drives to start the game, got a 21-3 to lead, and then from there, things just started to fall apart. They were a- not able to maintain intensity, And the drop-off, I mean, you had three straight three and outs offensively. Defensively, you started allowing Florida to have a lot of success, whether it be with Emory Jones, whether it be, you know, putting up points. They were able to close the gap to 21-9. to Momentum started shifting back in their favor. The crowd started to get back involved. And Alabama lost, you know, that dominant factor. And if they could have just maintained intensity, stayed focused, and continued to have the foot on the gas – that game would have probably looked a lot different, but that's not the way it worked out. It's something that Nick Saban continues to talk about: is playing a full sixty minutes, being able to maintain intensity, and you know, play for a full sixty minutes. And you know, it's something that Alabama is going to have to work on. They're going to need a full sixty-minute game at some point this season. Uh, that they, they haven't been able to put it up yet. And it's lucky for them that they were able to establish such an early lead against Florida that they were able to withstand. Being outscored, what was it, twenty six to ten over the course of the last three quarters, and so that's something that will be, you know, we all need to kind of monitor and watch as as things continue to progress. You got Southern Miss this week, then you got potentially two top fifteen teams back to back, maybe even top ten teams. You know, Ole Miss is off this week; they're sitting at number thirteen in both the AP and the coaches poll. Um, So to think that they're going to be able to move up three spots is probably you know, a little bit uh, ambitious, but they're still a top fifteen squad. And then, you're as long as Texas A and M doesn't run into any sort of roadblocks, they're going to be a top ten team. You know, going to College Station. And if Alabama, at least in one of those games, if not both of those games, if they don't bring a sixty minute mentality, they are vulnerable. And it's possible that they could end up suffering a loss in one of those games. And if they don't get it fixed, it's possible they could lose both of them. So. That will certainly be something to monitor with Alabama is how do they respond. We now understand what Nick Saban was talking about when he got upset at the fact that Alabama wasn't able to maintain their intensity against Miami. They walk away with a 44-13 victory against a top 15 opponent. Everybody praised them. The problem is you were looking at a situation where Nick Saban saw something, and he identified it, and he was upset going into the Mercer game because He understood that that is something that Alabama, you know, it could end up costing them at some point in the future. Everybody brushed him off. Everybody said that's Nick Saban being Nick Saban. He can never just take the fact that you got a 44-13 victory against a good football team. But this was what he was talking about. We saw it against Florida. Luckily for Alabama, they were able to establish such a strong early presence and early lead that they were able to withstand that. And against teams like Ole Miss, against teams like Texas A&M, it might not work out that way. The other big piece of news that Nick Saban brought up in his press conference, and I don't think it was intentional. He was just answering a question about Quandarius Robinson, which speaking of that, Q was actually back, and and we saw him warming up pregame. He was warming up with the long snappers, and that brought up a lot of questions. Um, and, and when we were asked about why that was to Nick Saban in the press conference, he said that you know normally, especially in traveling situations, Major Tennyson, the the backup tight end, would be considered the second team long snapper. But he was out with an injury, which was notable, and we noticed that he wasn't out there. But um, we do know now know that it was injury related. But he wasn't available, so Q Robinson was out there, uh, you know, going through drills as a long snapper, and he was considered the backup emergency option at that position, if anything happened to the starter. And, you know, that is certainly noteworthy because, you know, he's been suspended for the first two games due to getting arrested for a DUI after a three-car accident. So seeing him back, uh, you know, was, was an encouraging sign, especially when it's during the same game that you saw Jalil Billingsley able to step up, finally earn an opportunity early on in the game, making his presence known on Alabama's offense – And I thought that, uh, you know, that was very cool to see those two things simultaneously happen. The other part of Nick Saban's press conference, and it's something that me and him disagree on, uh, was the offensive line. And here's the thing, Nick Saban knows a lot more about football than I could ever dream of knowing. So if you're going to trust somebody, you probably need to trust him But when asked about the performance of the offensive line, Nick Saban said that he thought they played well. And I found that interesting because me, you know, going through it the first time watching the game live and then going back and watching the 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 tape, I didn't feel like the offensive line played that good of a football game. I thought Evan Neal looked pretty good. I thought that, uh, you know, Javion Cohen from a pass pers- uh, protection standpoint played pretty well. Darian Dalcourt, not you know, okay at times, not okay at other times. And then the right side of the offensive line, same thing. It's a consistency issue. And you know, I think that it's – am I down on the unit? Do I think they're going to continue to perform at a poor or bad level? I do not. I think they'll eventually get it right. They might have to tweak some things. They might have to make some changes at certain positions if guys don't bounce back or start to play well. But for now, I think they're in pretty good shape as far as the growth of the offensive line, where they're heading. But I just didn't feel like they controlled the line of scrimmage much at all. They got a little bit more push consistently late in the game, and I guess that's when you really needed it, when you were trying to to, to grind clock. But early on, I just wasn't overly confident in the performance from that unit. Um, and we'll just kind of have to see how it ends up playing out. You know, If you look back a couple of years ago to Alabama's offensive line in 2019, it wasn't a group that started off being one of the best offensive lines in the country. You had guys switching positions. Alex Leatherwood was at right guard. He was kicking over from right guard back in 2018 to left tackle uh, in 2019. You had guys like Landon Dickerson arriving on campus. You know Where was he going to get inserted into the starting lineup? He started off as the right guard, ended up at center. Deontay Brown was suspended for the first few games. Uh, and that was kind of creating a void or a hole and they were having to kind of makeshift a little bit. And what you saw in the field was a group that wasn't complete. They, weren't, they had not worked a ton in their new roles together. You know, Landon Dickerson didn't get on campus until late in the summer. So they were trying to work some things out early on in the season. By the end of the season, they were one of the best offensive lines in the country. So to think that where Alabama's offensive line is at now compared to where they could potentially be, I, I'm not overly concerned, but it is an area that I think that Alabama needs to continue to improve. They need to make sure that that's happening, and that might be what Nick Saban's talking about. You know, based off his expectations early on in the season, on the road, in the swamp, maybe he felt like they played good given all those circumstances. They, they, you know, Emil Ikior, he talked to the media on Monday as well. He brought up the fact that, you know, they started off with – A clap cadence, and as the crowd noise continued to become an issue, they had to go from a clap cadence to a silent cadence, and that was throwing things off. And you saw false start penalties, and you know it was kind of just the communication factor and getting everybody on the same page, and that's going to take some time. So um, I just thought that it was you know somewhat noteworthy for fans to talk about because you know I talked about that I felt like that they didn't have a great game along the offensive line, Nick Saban, and the coaching staff apparently feel a little bit differently and it might just be the way that what we're looking at, what we're judging. He has views on where he thinks that group should be. He understands from a practice standpoint where they can be a lot more than I do. So I wanted to at least bring that up, but uh, this has been a ton of fun hopping on here with you guys. And I'm going to get to a point where I'm able to do this, you know, a lot faster. I've run over a little bit on my time, but I want to be able to share all the latest news that's happening with Alabama's football program with you guys on a day-to-day basis, you know, so if if there's anything major that you feel like that you've missed from the day before, you get busy at work, something's going on with the family, you're not able to go and read everything that's been going on in the sports world, hop on on your way to work, listen to this 10, 15-minute episode of the Bama on 3 show, the daily 10 portion, and you'll be able to get caught up and know what's going on, Uh, and we'll be able to start including a lot more and getting a little bit more consistent at it and and, you know what to identify and look for and what to share with you guys i'm gonna have a ton of fun with it i know that you guys are too and i can't wait to share that with you guys as we continue on this journey together so i appreciate you guys listening in we'll have to do this again soon this has been the bama on three show with clint lamb